Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Returning remains finding yesterday's missing heroes on KSL News Radio. Hello and welcome back, Brian Martin, along with you on this Saturday afternoon. This is our one-hour uh, conference special: Returning Remains, using today's technology to find yesterday's missing heroes. We're so grateful to our friends over at the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System for uh, helping us with this uh, special on this. And joining me here in studio is uh, BYU history professor Jill Crandall. And Jill, we've been talking about how BYU is using genealogy to reconnect MIA soldiers with families. Now, I know that uh, you have students over there who are really focused on genealogy at BYU. In fact, they're getting a degree in genealogy, are they not? Which is the yes. fir- it's, it's kind of a first of its kind, isn't it? Tell us about it. Yes, they are. Um, there is a bachelor's degree for family history at Brigham Young University. And as far as we know, there's no other um, bachelor's degree for family history in the country and, and maybe much further than that. Wow. Um, we're aware of a, a few master's degree programs in Britain, but um, it is a rather unique program that we have. Um, which is why I believe we were asked to work on this project, is because these students are in training to become professional genealogists. How many students are we talking about here, do you think, are, are majoring in genealogy right now at BYU? Um, probably about 80, a little bit more than that. Okay, okay, yeah. right around there. And this is a really interesting project because you guys are working with, I guess, the DPAA, right? This is an agency within the Department of Defense trying to help reunite these missing soldiers with families all across the country. Yes, they are. The Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency um, has a mission of accounting for our missing soldiers as much as they possibly can, returning remains when they're able. Um, There are still archaeological digs going on. They're still working um, to identify these soldiers, to bring them home whenever they can. So how do you guys do this? What's the secret to using genealogy and reuniting soldiers with their families? Okay, the the reason genealogy is effective right now is because um, there aren't as many living people in the files themselves. And the way that they are identifying the remains that are located is they're using DNA technology. And in order to match the correct remains with the correct family, they need to match the DNA. And so we have to locate the living family members who have the correct DNA, either the Y DNA or the mitochondrial DNA, to that would match the soldier and that's how they would match the remains with the correct family and so we are using genealogy to find um, male relatives and female relatives that have 
um, the DNA that's necessary for the testing process to match with any remains that are located. And it comes down to this Y DNA you're talking about. Is that right? Y or mitochondrial. Or mitochondrial. Mm -hmm. That's that specific DNA that really matches a family member to maybe somebody even five generations ago. Yes. What happens is the Y-DNA passes um, unchanged between the generations, and so it stays pretty steady. Um, the mitochondrial is also steady that is passed down from females so that um, we can match the soldier's mother's mitochondrial DNA that would match the soldier. I'm not a biologist. Mm -hmm. I don't know all of the details of mm -hmm. the, the DNA things, um, but that's what I know is that we need the female lines, we need the male lines, and... Um, matching DNA. So we need willing DNA donors. I imagine, this is, I imagine this is pretty difficult because you've got a lot of family members who have already passed on. And so you're not left with necessarily a lot of people and in some cases willing people to try to help out this process. Yes. Um, frequently the soldiers were not married and did not have children. And so the next step would be to go to their siblings. Um, some didn't even have siblings. Some had siblings who are now deceased. Um, and so we would go to nieces and nephews. Um, if there are no niece and nep nieces and nephews that match what we need, we'll go to grandparents and their siblings and their descendants. And so we, we had one case even that we went back five generations and down six in order to find living people with the the correct DNA that wow, we needed. Really? And, of course, those individuals were not aware of the soldier in their family that was missing. And so it was very interesting to talk to them about this family member that they had that they were not aware of and to share with them um, the contribution that their family had made to the country to express our appreciation to them for that sacrifice and ask them if they would be willing to donate a sample of DNA so that we could confirm any potential remains in the future. And um, they were willing to help. And I, th I thought that was interesting that um, some of these family members are even willing to give DNA when they didn't even know the soldier. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk success cases. Do you even have success? Do you even know about any reunions that have taken place between soldiers and some of their families? There are reunions going on all the time. There are, there are remains that are returned. Um, many of these stories are available on the news releases on the DPAA's website. Um, for the researchers in particular, we deal with confidential situations. We are researching into living people. We have to be very careful with the information that we have, and we are. Um, but what's interesting is our job is to do the research, to identify the family members, to make phone calls and identify potential donors, and then that's our report. We report back to the Army. They send out the request to the family members for the DNA samples. They run the tests. If there's matches, they deal with the families. They return remains. They have funerals. We never know if our cases have resulted in those kinds of reunions. Whoa. We you hope they are. You hope, but that's got to be, man, that's almost a little frustrating, I would imagine, to be this embedded in something and then to not find out. Uh, I guess I guess there's confidentiality laws that, that lead to there all this, are. right? There are confidentiality laws, and we have to be very careful. And it's a little frustrating because we would like to have that final chapter. Um, we're grateful to participate in this process wherever we can. But I will say that they do post um, recent resolved cases online. 
and we go look every once in a while <laughs> to see if, if any of the people that we've researched, if they're listed there as having had remains returned. We, we check just because it's nice for us to know a little bit. And when that's made public, we can know. And, and those are just that's just a common website that anybody can see, right? Yes, it's, it's uh, dpaa.mil. Okay. And their website actually um, gives information on their successful cases and what's happening. I was actually just looking at that site just the other day, and uh, there's... They they happen pretty frequently. One just happened the other day, and then the day before that, there was another one. There were two others uh, that happened a couple days before that. So these you know reunions, if you will, are still happening to this day at at a pretty uh, pretty good stream. It seems like yes, they are. Um, we're not the only ones that are helping with this research. There's some professional groups and some others who are helping as well. And we're just happy to be part of it. Wow. All right. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, some of the emotions that uh, go on with uh, what's going on here. Uh, Brian Martin with KSL News Radio talking with BYU history professor Jill Crandall on returning remains using today's technology to find yesterday's missing heroes. We'll be back right after this.